for listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality C Podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great Friday show heading into the weekend for you. We are going to talk a little bit about yesterday's podcast with Susanna Summers, Bachelor Data. I've got some thoughts on that. I've got another final kind of wrap-up thought in regards to Laura Owens and Clayton Eckert's case, but mostly about Laura and something that was brought to my attention or that she said in court the other day that I did not hit on yesterday. We're also going to talk about the traders. It was episode, I believe, nine last night. Things are starting to get crazy. I think we only have two episodes left, and it seems like there's way too many people left to only have two episodes. I don't know how it's going to go. And then we're going to talk Farmer Wants a Wife. I'm telling you, I'm enjoying the show now. Like, I thought I was going to be like, meh. I'm enjoying it. And I have the names down and everything. I know who's dating who and who's on what farm. What's gotten into me? Anyway, we'll get to all that momentarily. So I wanted to talk yesterday, what happened yesterday in the podcast with Bachelor Data. And... I think one thing, we talked about, you know, obviously, the, the growth this season of two women, and that's obviously Daisy and Maria. And I think a lot of people, especially ones that have sent stuff to me in regards to, and, I, and I've seen it online, just kind of the sentiment that, you know, because I announced Daisy was the winner back in November, that that's why she's ahead of everybody else, that she's got a head start because you announced her as the winner, so clearly people are going to follow her. Yeah, I do believe that my spoiler absolutely plays a role. However, I think you're overestimating my role in controlling who likes who on this show. Because if you say, well, you put Daisy out there as the winner back in November, so you know, clearly she's going to have more followers than everybody else. Well, I didn't announce Maria was the winner. And Maria's setting just as big a record as Daisy has this season. So I don't think, again, I think this is confirmation bias. If you want that to be the reason why you believe something, then that's what you're going to run with. Like, there's nothing about, there's no way to, put it this way, there's no way to prove that. You're just giving an opinion. There's no fact-based evidence that says, because I released the spoiler of a certain person, then, and this season that happened to be Daisy, then that means that's why she's in the lead with followers. Because I can tell you right now, just off the top of my head, when I've given out the winner early, it's not like they were leading over everybody else by 200,000 followers. So I think I get too much credit for something like that. And yeah, when it comes to Daisy, there's probably a percentage of the audience that follows her because of the spoiler, and it's but it's probably a small percentage. It really does. I mean, let's face it. It really does have to do with your likability factor and what type of content you put out there. Because if Daisy never posted, she would never have the following that she has. If Maria never posted, she would never have the following that she has. It's because they've been consistent with their posting. And they post content that people find entertaining. Might, some of it might be funny. Some might be informational. For Daisy, a lot of it is informational. She's basically doing a video vlog. There's 32 women on Joey's season. Is any one of them doing a video vlog before every episode this season? No. So she's consistent with her content. And consistency always draws viewers. And in this case, listeners. Or viewers, both. Because she's doing it on TikTok and Instagram. So you have to give her credit for that. You have to give Maria credit for the fact that she is doing something right 
I don't follow Maria's stuff as much. I do follow her, but I feel like I, I know when Daisy's stuff is coming versus Maria. Maria just does a lot of content, but I don't know if there's a set day where she does something in particular. I haven't paid attention that much to her stuff, but she's obviously doing something right because she and Daisy are killing it right now on social media and no one else this season is. You know, all the people, you know, that said, well, this is what we got to do. We got to follow this person and follow that person. Yeah, but I'm telling you, a lot of it comes down also to likability and how much content you put out. Like Rachel and Kelsey, you know, we know we're in the final three this season. They're not doing any numbers because I don't think they post very much. And if that's the way they choose to handle their social media, that's absolutely fine. But you can't just jump on the fact that, I mean, look, Daisy does have a story that middle America loves. Blonde-haired, blue-eye, cochlear implant. Like, she has the whole backstory. So, yeah, I can see why she's getting followed. And as I said to Susanna yesterday, I totally get it. I'm just shocked she's that much further ahead of everybody, especially when we've had five seasons of Instagram accounts that are just like doing nothing. I mean, we had we had women getting the final four who weren't even in the six figures. And Daisy and Maria are there after six episodes and they're three times six figures, you know. So it's it's really I guess it's a hit or miss thing. And I guess it's just who does the audience connect with? I don't think there's any factual based evidence that says. Because the spoilers out there, that means that they're going to get the most. And they're going to get the most by literally 10 times over other contestants. It's just, sorry, that's just an opinion that's not fact-based. And what is fact-based is we're seeing numbers this season that we haven't seen since pre-COVID. And I think it's because, you know, now this part is an opinion on, on my end. The fact is they have over 300,000 followers each. My opinion is... They have it because people can connect with them and they post entertaining content and consistent content. That's where I stand on that. Something that was brought brought up in the um, Clayton Eckerd, Laura Owens case that was a couple days ago. You know, Laura has really, when she writes her Medium article, she's always complaining and saying about the harassment that she's getting, the death threats that she's getting. And she's using it as a lot of the reason why she hasn't done certain things. And she everything that she does is documented. And it's and and people are following every single thing that she does. Well, you know what, Laura? Here's one way to look at it. I don't think I mean you anybody that listens to this podcast long enough knows I don't condone any of that stuff. I just tear into people who message or email bachelor people death threats and call them names and stuff like that. I say it over and over again to the point where while even though I do say it as much as I do, I understand that nobody's going to listen to me. And I'm sorry, Laura, but your situation is exactly the same. I could have said from the very beginning of this case, nobody harassed Laura Owens. Nobody sent her a death threat. It wasn't going to stop anybody. The ironic thing is the reason that we all even know about this case is your own doing, Laura. You were the one who decided to go to the sun. And what you don't understand is the second you make yourself public, whether you want to call yourself a public figure, even though it said in your Instagram account before you changed it, in your Instagram bio, 
public figure, and now you're using, hey, I'm a private citizen. What is this? This shouldn't be happening to me. No, 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 no. You don't get to change the narrative when it doesn't fit you. You had public figure in your Instagram bio. We have screenshots of it. So you can't say, I'm not a public figure. Sorry. You bragged about your podcast being one of the top 50 podcasts, and underneath that, and you were a public figure. So stop it with your, I'm a private citizen. No, 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 no. The second, I just don't think Laura understands media in general. And let's just take it away from Laura. If anybody goes to the press, you know, um, let's just take another story in the press, for example. Shit, I don't know. Anybody that comes forward and says, let's use Bachelor people, for example, but people that weren't part of Bachelor Nation that spoke out against somebody in Bachelor Nation. I don't know. Let's take Kelsey Fankhauser. You remember her? That was the woman who came to me with a Google Drive of 33 photos and a total timeline of her relationship with Nate Mitchell. Now, while she presented evidence and provided receipts, did she still get a lot of hate for coming forward? Absolutely. She showed it to me. And this was somebody who all she did was say, hey, look, I dated this guy. He never told me he had a child. I was with him for 18 months. He didn't bother to bring up the fact that he had a daughter. And people jumped down her throat. Anybody that speaks out and comes to me or goes public about somebody from this franchise that people like, Laura, they get the same hate that you do. And that's way less... (laughs) And they're doing way less than what you did. They're just saying, hey, this person isn't who they seem, and here's why, and here's the receipts. Hell, you've got people on this season of The Bachelor who are literally getting death threats and being called names for just existing on the show and saying things like, I wish Maria weren't here this season, I wish he wouldn't give her a rose, and I wish Maria wouldn't get that date. You know, the Leahs of the world, the Leahs of the world, the Jesses of the world. Do you understand, Laura? Those women are getting just amount of hate as you are, and all they did was basically exist on a reality dating show. Look at what you've done in actual real life. It doesn't mean you deserve it. What I'm saying is, unfortunately, in this day and age, and I've been saying this for years, in this day and age, if you are online and people know your name and you speak out against anything you have the ability once your once your name is out there and once your persona is out there it's impossible to tell 330 million people in the United States to never say a word about this it's impossible so it's your doing you brought this upon yourself when you went to the sun with this story when you did not have to Clayton Eckerd told you to leave him alone literally the night after you hooked up And then you sent 500 texts and emails. And that's why a judge ruled against you to leave him alone. Just stop it with this. No, I don't want you to get death threats. I understand harassment sucks. Bullying sucks online. I get it. But you're acting like you're the only person in the world that has dealt with this because you did something online. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. So many people get harassed online. It sucks. But because it's so easy to have access to people now online, I know this is the worst answer in the world, but it's just the way it is now. You have to accept it, and maybe you should have thought about that before you ran to the public with a bogus story and you told the son all of this. That's what you thought of, should have thought of beforehand. You can't now, after the fact, say, oh my God, I'm getting death threats and, and online harassment and I'm being bullied. It sucks. Gr- yes. 
but so many other people are getting it for so much less than what you've done over the last nine months. This podcast is brought to you by Way. Not only does hair gloss give you immediate shine straight from the shower, it also helps treat damage and enhances color vibrancy to get your hair looking and feeling healthier, like mine. I basically have hair like, I don't know, who's got great hair in Hollywood? Austin Butler? Austin Butler's hair. Um, No, my hair is not like Austin Butler. But you know what it is? It's got shine to it. It's healthier. The color isn't fading. Why? Because I use whey. You should too. Give your hair a glow up with whey. Go to thewhey.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. And use promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off any product. That's thewhey.com. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code REALITYSTEVE. I also want to talk to you about our other sponsor, Mint Mobile which I think comes in pretty handy today, don't you think? I don't know. how. I don't want to throw any other providers and networks under the bus, but how many of you woke up yesterday and your phone freaking didn't work? You know what? If you had Mint Mobile, you would have been fine. Mint Mobile has wireless plans starting at $15 a month. That's unlimited talk and text plus data for $15 a month. For anyone who hates their phone bill, they offer premium wireless for 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can choose from three, six, or 12-month plans and just say goodbye to a monthly phone bill. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. Switch to Mint Mobile Maybe some of you will after what happened yesterday and get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month to get your new wireless plan for 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. That's mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash reality Steve. Additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, let's talk about episode nine of The Traders. You heard me mention it in the open. I believe there's only two episodes left. And isn't there eight people left in the show? Isn't that too many to have with, and at the beginning of next episode, we will find out who got eliminated to bring it from nine to eight, right? Because nine people voted yesterday. At the end of the episode, it was 4-4, and MJ had the deciding vote. She's either voting for Peter or she's voting for Phaedra. We'll know that at the beginning of next episode. Whatever that outcome is, we're down to eight people. And I think there's only 11 episodes this season. That seems like a lot of people to have left. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're going to eliminate three people next episode, and we're already going to be down to, you know, three more people, and we're going to be down to five. I don't know how they're going to do it, but seems like there's still a lot of people left for only two episodes and I think one of those episodes is the reunion. So I don't know. Maybe we're maybe I'm off on my episode thing. But it does seem like there's a lot of people left for very few episodes left. Right now, it clearly looks like CT is playing the best game here. And he is just dominating everything. He's in control. Nobody suspects him as a traitor. So he's in a great spot. I guess we can sit here and be like, who is MJ picking? If we are to believe the edit, she's voting Phaedra. 
and Phaedra will be eliminated at the beginning of next episode, and we're down to one traitor yet again. And now Kate's going to have to recruit somebody. But the editing can be tricky. Maybe they only showed MJ talking about Phaedra. I think MJ said, I'm going to keep my mind open. But essentially she said, just because we're housewives doesn't necessarily mean I have to look out for her. If she's the right person to vote for, I'll vote for her. So I don't know where her mind is after hearing everybody at the uh, banishment round table. So it could be a switch up and maybe she does do Peter. We won't know that until next week. But it looks like CT is in complete control of this game. Everybody likes him. Nobody suspects him. I haven't even heard anyone bring his name up, really, right? It's just... <laughs> he got the he got the uh, shield last night. I mean, he's just... He's dominating, really. And I want to end with this. I want to end with Farmer Wants a Wife. I don't know how many of you are watching it, but you should tune in. Trust me. I mean, you've missed, what, four or five episodes? But you really haven't missed much. I mean, this is a very simple show. This is four different farmers. One lives in Colorado. One lives in Nashville. One lives in Missouri. And one lives in Florida. And they have their own group of women that they are dating. And the show... Their edit just cuts from farm to farm to update what's going on. What about this guy with these four girls? And basically, they got four girls each left. One guy has three. And they go on a solo date with somebody each week. And then they all meet up after the solo date and do a group activity on the farm together. And then they have a dinner. And at the dinner of every episode, the farmer says... If he's not feeling it with somebody or one of the women isn't feeling it with him, an elimination can happen. But if nobody says anything, the farmer could just say, I want to keep you all here. And so here's where we're at. Brandon had a his solo date with Grace, and they just drove the truck out to the countryside and put down the hatch and sat there. And he presented her with a charcuterie board that no chance in hell he made himself uh, production went out and made it for him or bought it for him <laughs> because when that guy presented a charcuterie board to grace i'm like yeah right <laughs> although when i did see the charcuterie board i had some grapes in the uh, refrigerator and i was like i need some grapes so i ate some grapes last night because of this show so thank you farmer wants a wife for getting me to eat a little bit healthy last night anyway he ended up sending brooklyn home Brooklyn was a, a girl that he just did not vibe with, and he ended up sending her home later on that night. So he's down to, oh, crap, I should have written this down. I think he's down to four. He was. I think he's the one guy that had five women left. Yeah, because they kept talking about him having five women. So he's down to four. Uh, Mitchell had a date with Kate. They went two-stepping, and it was literally not the most, well, yeah, I don't want to make fun of them, but, you know, Mitchell and Kate aren't winning any two-step contests anytime soon. We'll say that. But they got along well. He seems to like her. We kind of saw the vibe that, well, she's not going home. He's definitely into her. Cute date. Then you had Ty and Amy, who went to a... Ty's the one who has a farm in Missouri. And they went to a restaurant there. It was called Lamp Lambert's, something like that. And I guess at this place, they throw the rolls at you. I don't really understand the purpose behind throwing food at a restaurant to your customers. 
I mean, I guess that's I get that's their thing. They're not throwing it like because they're mad at you. <laughs> and the rolls after Amy caught her rolls, she said, "Oh, it's warm." So I guess they just take them right out of the oven, and instead of delivering them to your plate with a pair of tongs, they're just like, "Here you go, fastball on the corner, catch it." So. I'm guessing in the history of that restaurant, plenty of people have dropped the rolls. So what do they do? Just keep throwing your rolls until you catch it? What if somebody isn't very good at catching? Are they going to waste five rolls? Is there a three-second rule? Is there a five-second rule? Like, I didn't even, I almost didn't even care about Amy and Ty's date because I wanted to know the whole deal with the rolls. So somebody who's been to, I think it's Lambert's in Missouri, please tell me what happens if you drop a roll. Do they just keep throwing until you catch and how many times will they keep throwing and you dropping before they're like, okay, we're just going to come over to your table and drop it on, and not drop it on the table, but lay it on a plate for you because we're sick of wasting rolls because you can't catch. I need to know this. Also, Lambert's had the biggest salad I've ever seen in my life that was sitting in front of Amy. Uh, my guess is she didn't finish a quarter of that. That was the biggest salad I've ever seen. Holy crap. You know how Olive Garden brings you that giant bowl? It looked like it tripled that, you know? So, anyway, uh, what else between Ty and Amy? Oh, their big thing was Ty already, Ty's the oldest farmer, and he's got a daughter. Ty's 42. He's already got a daughter. I couldn't tell how old she was. They might have said it on the show, but I want to say she's, like, between 12 and 14. And um, Amy asked him, are you interested in having kids? And his answer wasn't all that positive. He wasn't negative, but he's just like, we'll see. That's probably not an answer Amy wanted to hear. Amy said she definitely wants kids, and that wasn't the most reassuring answer, so my guess is that'll pop up later on this season. Um, but after their solo date, they went to back to his farm. They met his daughter, and his daughter seemed to like all the women, especially liked Megan. And... He basically said on his dinner date, you all are staying if you want to. And they all agreed to stay. So he's got four women left. And then you have Nathan. Nathan's had kind of a rough go at it, I would say, because at the beginning when you choose your five women to come back to your farm, he chose his five and then you choose one to get the first solo date. Well, he chose a girl named Mackenzie and Mackenzie's had some family issues at home, so she hasn't shown up on the farm. So he can't went to his farm with only four women. Well, he had a one on, and he had a solo date with a girl named Rachel last night, and he dumped her, and he should have because, by the way they were talking, they just didn't vibe at all. She definitely had a different life pattern than he did, and it just was never going to work. So now Nathan is down to three, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's even kissed anybody. I could be wrong. He might have kissed one of the three he has left, but if he did, it wasn't memorable, and I forgot about it. But he's got three, and they haven't mentioned the fact that Mackenzie left in the beginning because she had a family issue at home. There's probably, because he's the only guy with three, my guess is Mackenzie is going to be coming back at some point. It just it just makes the most sense at this point because he needs to be saved because the three women that he's got left are or and, and not that no, I shouldn't say that. I mean to be saved, me, making it seem like the three women he have left are terrible. They're not. I just don't feel like he has much of a connection with any of them because I don't remember him kissing any of them or spending quality time with any of them. I don't really know what the deal is, but yeah, he's uh, Nathan. 
He's got his work cut out for him. Let's let, let's put it that way. But good show. Check it out. It's on Fox every Thursday night. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can, but you got to hit play. It doesn't count anymore if it just downloads into your feed every morning. you got to hit play, so please do that. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Check that out as well. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Monday. See you.